Be following Willie Moore and Moore. Awarded! Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you! Welcome to the grand final review special. We did the preview special. Yeah, yes. we did. It's I don't good. Know what number it is, but anyway. I think maybe 34, 35. Number uh, 35, 35. The producers come through and done something early on. That'll be probably the end of it now. <laughs> uh, I think that it is fairly safe to say that the grand final was run and won by the better team on the day. Yep. The storm I don't know. I the game People say it was close because of the score. It wasn't that close, to be honest. Penrith probably pulled out their worst game of the year for the grand final. The Storm did what the Storm do, which is just grind away, not make mistakes, and play a reasonable brand of footy and won the game. And congratulations to the Melbourne Storm, the 2020 Premiers. Will, fair result. It was a fair result. Um, Just the way they played Melbourne... It was just, it was clinical. I said it last week. They're going to come out and they're going to try and put Penrith into some deep water. And they did. I don't think the scoreboard reflected how tough that first half was. I don't think it was a 22 nil scoreboard, but it was at the end of the day, really, isn't it? Like got, it didn't seem like that, but I bet it seemed like that to Penrith because mm. it says 22 nil on it, regardless. Uh, a couple of those tries, man, I wish, I bet they wish they could have it back. It was a bit amateur hours, if you ask me. Um, you know, Cleary throwing that intercept pass. First of all, first of all, the first try. Let's let's go back to that. The penalty try. It's a big call in the grand final. I wonder if I always think about the worst case scenario. If that was to award a try for Melbourne to win the game or for Penrith to win the game, is it a penalty try? I think it is because yeah. the rules are the rules. So people are just going, "Oh my god," you know. Uh, Melbourne had the you know the, the refs in their back pocket as usual. That's what everyone says against Melbourne because they're just so clinical and good at everything. But you know what, you put your foot, there's, they're the rules. You don't put your foot in there near the players or near the ball. You've got to put your hands there first and then you can use everything else. So it's a penalty try. And then I think the second try, was it that was it Vunivalu or was it? it do you know what? It's, I've, I've just thought it's actually not the first time Tyrone Mays put his foot somewhere that's got him in trouble, is it? Yeah. That's, um, uh, I, I, was, I was struggling to even think why the fuck he was even in the team. Yeah, well, I, I mean, let's let's... Let's break the game down. Sorry, Access just that for at, a second. from the start of the game, when I seen Brent Naden on the bench, he's a strike center. I'm like, what are you doing? There's another critical sort of error from the coaching team. They're not in control of these players. When Brent Naden gets on, on, you know, with 20 minutes to go or whatever, when they went fuck around, he comes on and tries to do the best that he can. Tyron May, like, did he really play that well all year to warrant him starting in the side? Like, you got to start Brent Nain. He had a great rapport and a great combination with uh, Toto on that it, right edge. Like their defensive, their defensive, um, they worked really good as a defensive unit. They had everything going on, and I was like, "Why would you do that?" Like two weeks out from the grand final, he did it last week. Brent Nain, I think he stayed on the bench the whole game, and then this week, why have it? You can't have a center on the bench. You just don't do it. You have another forward so they can get through the middle and get through that hard stuff. You're not even worried about that because you had Capewell who can play in the centers and cover all those positions. So that's just the it's a tactical error again. I think the interesting thing out of that was Tyrone May, if you looked at Tyrone May and you said, here he is in a football team, you'd play him in the halves. 
Right? I don't know what position he's, he's, he's a hard. He's I, slow. I don't think he's he's a slow and so, doesn't defend good. I just don't think that he's that good a player, and he doesn't. He's nowhere near as good as Brent Naden. Mm. Like I just don't. I think Naden's got that X factor. He come off the bench and he was he was outstanding in what in little effort in little little ball that he did get. I just think why have him on the bench? Why? It's just a waste of an interchange. You had that Mitch Kenny. You had these other young kids, Spencer. They were, they've been playing probably 15 games. I think they played 15 to 20 games all year. And then all of a sudden you want to change the dynamics of the team back because Kickhouse come back, because Capewell's come back. Because really, like, Capewell had Liam Martin's position at the start of the year. Remember that? Yeah, that's right. And then he got injured. So he was just the right side starting back row. Liam Martin has had a, has had a gun fucking year. A gun year. And, you know, like, Kickhouse has been outstanding all year. So... I don't know, man. I just, just little things like that really bug me. It I struck don't, me. I don't understand. It struck me at the start that Cleary was looking for something there. I, I just think if you've got a side and they've won 17 games straight, surely you stick strong with that side. You know, yeah. like they might say that he had some defensive lapses against the Roosters, and that's and that's the reason why they dropped him. But at the end of the day, Tyrone May's not a centre, and Brent Naden is a more explosive footballer, and you can't have him on the bench like. There was talk during the day that Mitch Kenny was going to come into the side and Naden would drop out of the seven, mm. and that would have been pretty brutal for him because he's obviously been there all year. But, yeah, look, I think that definitely has played a part in the Panthers putting on a fairly average performance. Yeah. Um, let's go to that. Let's go to this, uh, the, the Vunivalu try. Uh, when you look at Cleary, he's going to the line, and what Melbourne do as a defensive team, they make you play that sort of play. So they'll come up and in so far and they'll give you that look a couple of times. So clearly when he go onto the line a couple of times thinking, look how far Vunivalu's pushed in. Like he's nearly on the he's nearly 20 metres in. And same as Fox on the other side. So they try and entice you for that play. So that was probably about 25, what, 25, 30 minutes into the game, I think, maybe. Maybe not so even. That, yeah. yeah. So but they give they give Cleary that look all the time. The only way you throw that pass, throw that pass, is if you are on the line against Melbourne's on their line and you just beat Vunivalu, that's the only way you try and tempt it. So that kid catches the ball, puts the ball down, try. If he catches the ball, did you see the defence coming over the other side? He still had 15 metres to run. Yeah, there it's, was a it, was a, it was a low percentage play. It was terrible. You know, like they, they had all the good ball going down there. They had some really good momentum going there, down there. And then you pull out something like that. Like they make they they didn't make him play that because he could have went short, he could have just settled it down, but he went for the money shot and it cost him. It's a good point you make too, Will, because I hadn't thought about it until because I said to you, you know, Branko Lee came flying out of the line, and I thought, you know, th there's probably an opportunity there. But you're 100 percent right. If you look at the way Melbourne defend, they would have covered that player, and Vunavalu is 12 foot six tall, and, and he's come out of nowhere, skills. you know, freakish athlete and. I mean, he, he went to ground and he still outran everyone. Yeah, you and know? like Mansell had a good shot on him. He palmed him off. It was a yeah. great, it was a great individual effort. But he didn't. He shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to put them under that much pressure. Cleary, mm. like some of these plays. And then fast forward. It's so so important that after half time, I just say before half time, Cameron Smith scores that ball. Don't fucking play at the ball if you're a marker or doing anything like that. Why are you playing at the ball for? Yeah. Oh, it's a cardinal sin. Just some of the coaches would have been doing his fucking head in. It's a low just, percentage. A play. low percentage play again. What are the odds of Cameron Smith picking the ball up and scoring? I'm not sure, but you just don't give him that. You don't give a team like that any more chances. It was um, it was quite silly, and that and that that's what happens at the back end of the game. With five minutes to go, they're like, "Fuck! I had a take. Wish I hadn't thrown that pass. I wish I had hit that ball out." And then you fast forward in the second half, Pappenhausen 
Fate, I think not, Big Solomona was running the outside in line and he sucked Cleary in. Give a bit of a tip if you're if, if what happens from a scrum and a big guy out there outside um, outside the five eight or half. He's running in to try and suck Cleary in as he did. Regardless, if you hit if Cleary slides out and there's a big gap and big Solomona goes goes through with 80 meters to go. What do you think the back rolls and that are doing from the scrum? They're, They're covering across. all that shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't turn your shoulders in to give a guy like Pappenhausen that much fucking room. And did you see Tyron May where he was? Up and past the ball and looking for his man. Yeah. Because he's not quick enough to come back in and jam in on Solomona. And clear, it was just a terrible, terrible defensive uh, defensive read by by the whole uh, Penrith side. I was just like, what are they What are they doing? And that's when everyone starts getting excited at the end of the game, going, oh, you know, if there was five more minutes, they would have... No, they wouldn't have won because Melbourne wouldn't have taken the foot off the gas. Yeah. They just relaxed. They knew, you're not scoring two tries in five seconds. I don't care. It's just never going to happen. And they just... Melbourne's defensive efforts in that first half, especially won them the game. Mm. Penrith had all that ball and they were going from sideline to sideline. There was people just crushing everybody, working so hard from the inside, which I said last week is going to happen to Cleary. You see what happens when they've got blokes just tearing from the inside and hitting his ribs all the time and, and cutting his time down. They cut his time down. They cut Luai's time down. I think um, I think Kikau was outstanding in the first half, but they let you got to let a big boy like that. He's going to get his touches. He's going to do everything like that. Crichton's going to get his touch. They look so dangerous, but they got the halves got outplayed. I think it's fair to say, like if you look at the kickoff, Melbourne took the kickoff, and then the Panthers came through and they hammered them off that first set. And you could tell they were up for the game, but I think probably what they lacked was they lacked game management, and mm. that's. To be fair, that's probably Nathan Cleary's that's fault. His, that's what he does, but you know, that's, that's what he does best, apparently. You know, and so I think Nathan Cleary has worn a fair bit of shit since the game finished about, you know, people saying that he should stand down from Oris. I mean, what? Who said that? Oh, I don't know. Some idiot. Come on, man. He had a bit of an off game. I'm talking about two things. I'm like, I don't think he's a superstar. I've never said he's a superstar in the game at all. He's a decent player. He's played 100 games. He's not a rookie anymore. He's going to be a really good player. But come on, man, back off. He ain't going to give that. It, no, no way in the world. But I, I just think the problem that you get when you're Nathan Cleary is that you get, in big games like that, you get a chance to put your stamp on, you know, on a game. And, and if you don't do it, you don't get as many opportunities in those big games as you would like to be able to bring yourself back. I know Cherry Evans, you know, from – there was a long time where he was considered a clutch player and then all of a sudden they said he couldn't perform in big mm. games and Queensland got rid of him. And, you know, I think Nathan Cleary just needs to be careful with almost believing the hype with, yeah. you know, all of this stuff. He's going to get the Daly M. He doesn't get that. He's, you know, he's into the grand final. You know, I hope he has a good origin series, but um, what we don't want is for him to be remembered as a bulked up Jason Taylor. No. I Jason Taylor hasn't won a grand final either, has he? No. He got monstered in 2001. But, yeah, I think, you know, Cleary has got a lot of pressure on him. And he's a young kid. He's still only 22, 23. But, um, you know, a couple of those plays that he, I bet he wish he could take back. I just think it was um, just overplaying his hand and overthinking the situation because he's got an evil, even keel on him. He, he plays a game, you know, nothing really stresses him out, does it? No. But then he's, um, that, that long ball, he's not known for that long ball. Yeah. Is he? He was yeah. just trying to push It was just like trying to push that thing. It's like, as I said, you only push that pass when it's like, you know, the game is on the line and that 
ball hits that kid on the chest and he scores that try. Mm. That's the only time. You don't do it 20 metres out, man. Well, let's talk about as a, you know, as a former winner of the Churchill medal, um, Ryan Pappenhausen, I mean, let's be honest, he won it in the second half because yeah. his first half, he was, he was, he was workmanlike and he did his job. Mm. But that second half was very he really saved that kick. Busted out. That was ridiculous. That yeah. was low-key ridiculous. I, I mean, I don't like his haircut. I'm going to put that out there early. But um, I, I think one thing that keeps getting brought up is, oh, the Tigers let him go and that. Like, what people need to understand mm. is that these players are not the players they are now when these clubs let him go. I wish people would stop talking about all oh, this. Fox, they, let, they let Fox go. Have a look at what happens to younger players all the time. He was playing Reggie's. Like, Marika Corabetti, oh, the Tigers let all these players go. I mean, yeah, they did. But then they were 18, 19, and then they came into a good system and they grew up. People it's, who say that have no idea about life or football. Uh, there you go. That was Absolutely broad. no idea. Yeah. They, imagine what, if they think just that, think of that in that situation, imagine what they think of anything else. Yeah. Like, the, like just conspiracies and all bullshit. Just live your life. Tin four hats. I, I think he was a deserving winner of that Churchill, though. Um, I, I think it was, there was no standout player. Often in a grand final, someone will just come balls out of the gate and really dominate from the start. There wasn't anyone that did that. And so I think if you look at the result, like Pappen hasn't he scored a good try. He did all his jobs well. That he try. was dangerous. That's that try. That try. And he was, um, his defence was great. That effort to bring back that kick from um, when they were going for, that was another thing, clear miss, yeah. going for touch, crucial time. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was outstanding, man. That, that try was unbelievable. The quickness and the pace and like just, ugh. he does some freaky shit, man. And he's been rewarded with the New South Wales origin spot. Would you think, think he would have got that? Um, I think they would have been looking at him. I mean, the reality of it is is that Tedesco looks like he could be injured. So mm. I think uh, I would have him ahead of Clint Gutherson in an origin side. Let me talk to you about something we've talked to off, about off camera. HIAs. Yeah. At important times of the game. Yeah. And I messaged you when it was uh, when it was happening. I was like, HIA in full effect. Yes. Brandon Smith, mm. Welsh. Like I'm not, I'm not questioning, I'm not questioning their credibility or anything like that. But I'm thinking, if one game and you can, and it's played at a cracking pace, I think it was played at thirty percent quicker than your average game. Yeah, that's what the stats were on the on the NRL tracker or some shit like that. And I was like, twenty five minutes in, like Welsh, and then Brandon Smith, and then perfectly coming back on for free interchange. So that was two free interchanges. Yeah. That take that gets you just say the back end of the game because you're you're putting big Tino on, and I think uh, who else and Finucane. Yeah. Tino and Finucane come on for Welsh and Brandon Smith without any no interchanges. Yeah, I'm not saying that they did it, but I'm just thinking I'm if I was playing and I knew I could get hit in the head and pass that test because I think a lot of players are doing these tests now that they they wouldn't be that unless you're properly knocked out. They'd be pretty confident in coming back in that fifteen minutes yeah. if it's just a little tap. And who and who are you and who is, you know, the independent person to come on and check your credibility and go, oh, it doesn't look right. No, you don't know that because people put their head in the wrong place in games. And yeah. you know, all, all it takes is a little bit of a head knock, and as there's that little bit of a grey area, and you don't think for a second that players don't take advantage of these rules. It's I, two. It's it's if you can get two. That's two. That's two interchanges, yeah. mate. And they play big minutes, these, these big boys now, and yeah. two middles. 
two middles. It's mm. very important just just to think that. And I was just I just look at the game a bit different. I'm, and I've been I played the game for a fair while, and I know those rules. And we were having a chat, just some senior players when I was at the Knights, and that just going, could you get? Could you just sort of fake it like 15 minutes to go and then come back on? You could. Well, you Trust can. me, you can. Yeah. yeah. Not saying Melbourne did it, but it looked a little bit like that. We were talking before about the bloke in English Rugby Union who took out the fake blood capsule. Yeah. He's my favourite. He went out and just bit on the blood capsule and away you go. I'm going to make a comeback for that'll be next Could you Wombats? I think um, – well, Brandon Smith, to be honest, I don't think he's known where he's been for the last five days. I love so, the cheese. Mate, I love the cheese. I don't know about the HIA, but he's certainly having some fun. <laughs> who do you reckon uh, – if you go back over the last ten years of grand finals – who do you reckon's the post grand final MVP? There's been Victor Radley's had a fair crack. The cheese. I think Munster goes all right. Munster goes all right. Yeah. He shaved his moustache off. Yeah, I've seen it. I was I don't disappointed. Know. I was disappointed. Were you disappointed? Too. I'm extremely disappointed. Um, no, there's been a couple um, undercover ones. It's just yeah. for social media now. I think now. I mean, right now, if I was any general manager of any team, this goes for all Mad Mondays every year. I'd be like, give me your phones, but boys. You're not touching them at all. Here's a house. Have a look at Melbourne. They've got their own fucking apartment, like their own house. It's just all the boys and that's it. Mm. Listen to music. You stay in there. Done. Yeah. No phone. I mean, I think they have their phones there, but like. You know, but you know, I mean, there's Cameron Smith. There's enough Cameron Smith's there say, and it's just doing? like, you just got to um, just be really smart these days, especially I think, and I think all teams have learned. Nothing's come out all year. It's been a great, um, it's, what a great success. Like shout out to Volandis and everyone at the, um, at the NRL headquarters for even getting this fucking season on with. Like even us, what, huge. after round two, we're like, what are we going to do? We're only, <laughs> we're only do a podcast. We're going to talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to talk shit for? What am I, what am I doing? But, we, you know, the, we don't rugby even AFL and everyone to get their, get the games back up and running, man, it's ridiculous. Mate, what do you think? If you had to say what it was that made the Melbourne Storm the best side this year, what is it that the Melbourne Storm did better than any other team? Leadership. I said that at the start, and I back when I backed you Melbourne. Pick, you I just Melbourne. thought, in a situation like this, I want Craig Bellamy to be the leader of it, or or a Wayne Bennett, you know what I mean, or a Trent Robinson. So the coaches, they really come up trumps. Even like Ivan Cleary must know what he's doing, you know, to get all the boys on the same page. But have a look at the different um, different situation. Melbourne got thrown. They've, they haven't slept in their beds for five months. Ken yeah. Swift was saying their families obviously were, were allowed up, but uh, I think they got dealt different cards because. It's nothing better than sleeping in your own bed. I think they left their, the compound two times or something like that. Yeah. Because obviously with the rules getting um, loosened over the last, just say, six weeks, apart from Melbourne, um, they still had to follow a strict protocol, which the NRL told the government that they were going to do. So yeah. they still had to stick to that until grand final was over. So they were in, they were on the Sunshine Coast. And you could do whatever you want, but they still were in that bubble. So yeah. um, credit to Wayne Bellamy. Wayne Bellamy. Wayne Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna name my, I'm going to name my dog Wayne Bellamy. Hey, come here, Wayne Bellamy. What a great name. Um, I, oh, look, do you reckon, I just think, yeah, sorry, just reckon, back to like, just, just the leadership of those men. Do you reckon it could have helped and them players. being away? Like, so going away on tour or whatever, you, you're just with your mates the whole time. Yep. Do you reckon that could have galvanised them slightly? 100%. I don't think any other team could have sat there on the Sunshine Coast and got through to the grand final. Mm. Like, regardless of the killer squad that they've got, there's still some great leadership from from top to bottom. Mm. Like, Belly is the leader there, but you've got Cameron Smith, who's pretty much 
the CEO, GM, captain of Australia, captain of, New, captain of Queensland. He's just the absolute general and a leader of men. Like he, you know, he's, he's a freak. And look what he's doing still. Will he give it away? I'm not sure. Do you want to finish on top of your game? This is it. It's the fairest half. This is, <laughs> I mean, like next year, it's, it's, it's a back to an even comp, I suppose. Everything evens out a little bit. Mm. You're back at home, back into normality, whatever normality is. Um, but if he's still enjoying football and it's not a job for him to get up and go, oh, my God, this sucks. I've got to go training again and all this kind of stuff, do it again. We're just we're witnessing greatness at the moment. And I just don't see why. And and just flip it on the other foot. Like just say LeBron James, what year seventeen in the NBA, still killing it. Cameron Smith, you know, um, Tom Brady, all these guys at the pop, proper end of their careers, but still putting up ridiculous numbers. So, whatever makes him happy, he's going to make that decision. He's been he's been a pro for so many years now. He's got he's got a young family and everything like that. So, he can just figure out whatever he want, whatever he wants to do. He'll he probably can, he could probably. The power that he's in now, he could make a call to Wayne Bennett on Tuesday night next week and go, I want to play Origin. And oh, they'll they fucking play him. Yeah, they pick That's him. the sort of dude that he is. One thing that I would like to discuss with you, you mentioned LeBron James. Mm. What is with the ski goggles? And... Oh, that's it. Do you remember I, I fucking tweeted that ages ago? I said, why don't... Because it's a big baseball thing. Yeah. Baseball sort of started when they win the ALCS and the World Series and basketball sort of... I think basketball was second to it. Just the champagne in your eyes. That's all it is. So and it's, a, it's a marketing ploy. Look at Puma across there. You've got Nike. You've got everybody else in there. They're all spraying the bottles. It's a great gimmick. So here's the thing. Did Penrith... I didn't have any. No, well, you never won anything oh, well. after 2004. <laughs> but did, did, do you reckon the Panthers in the kit bag, did the, did the ski goggles come into the dressing room and then get sent home again? I think I mean, maybe they're packing the ski maybe goggles. The times have changed. I, know, I used to pack my boots or something else. I bet the you did. The mouth guard. Just the mouth With guard. With the mouth guard. Um, yeah. No, but imagine that. You're packing your boots and like, surely not the goggles aren't coming out because, but in saying that, why do all the Puma boys have, they all had Puma on their goggles. Mm. So obviously that's getting sent to them. So if you're all the Penrith boys, they would have been there. They would have had it. They would have been there. Yeah, they just sort of, yeah, have this, have this. But Puma was smart because they, they got on the front foot and put Puma across the, um, across the, uh, their eyes. Couldn't I would see shit. If I was in if I was in the Penrith dressing room, I would have just whacked the goggles on just to try and just sitting there in a quiet and room, cried. Just put the goggles on. And just on. cried. I just I feel sorry for those guys. Billy Kickow and all those guys and Crichton, these young kids. They don't know what, they don't know how to lose. I know now. To, and then to <laughs> and then to lose and then to lose like that. And it wasn't a, a shocking way to lose. It's just the way that this they lost. You know, and just the weight of it all. One last thing. Phil Gould's commentary, um, I'm not going to lie, I had 4,000 schooners on Sunday and I don't remember anything about his commentary at all, but <laughs> apparently he has been hammered because he was being too biased and, you know, he said that even though it was 16-0 down, they were on top and all this. Did you hear it? No, Is it no I heard it. I just sort of... Was it a J-up? Well, if you're a person that doesn't really understand the game and you're listening to Gus, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening here? But because I, I watched the game in a different, a different sort of way, I, don't, I, I knew that Melbourne was well on top. But if you, listen, if you have no idea and you just listen to Gus, you'd think that Penrith should have been ahead by 20. You know, he gives you the wrong, he gives, he gives you the wrong angles all the time. He just hammers, he hammers Melbourne. 
I don't know. He's, he's a Penrith boy, mate. You know he coached out there. Yeah, that's right. He had he's, his and, plan. And he built, he built that Penrith team right now. So he's probably a little bit better. Well, it's his fault then. Bad luck, feel good. <laughs> All right. Oh, and actually, this is one thing we'll talk to Jared about. One of the betting agencies that's not the betting agency that we love, which is Ned's, mm-hmm. uh, they paid out Cameron Smith as the Churchill Medal at Half time. Yeah. I thought you were joking around. No, they did. I think it was a great. It was either a great marketing ploy or someone got fired. Did Ren get paid out then? No, because Ren's multi went for another seventeen legs. Ah, oh, so, he's, he's learnt so yeah, well off me. He's good. He's <laughs> <laughs> your your, your my, my multi fell over before the show was even over yeah. last week, and every uh, both other legs won anyway. If we're just gonna anyway, let's cross to Jared now and see if I can maybe get something out of him for being close. <laughs> Hey boys. No, you cannot, Ian. Two out of three. Not bad. Uh, well, you know, near enough, unfortunately, in this case, is not good enough. Yeah, right. No, that's the story <laughs> of my life, to be honest. <laughs> Jared, uh, what did you watch? Did you watch both games? Uh, both grand finals, you yeah. mean? I did watch both games. Yeah, unfortunately, because the Neds Brisbane Lions didn't win through, didn't get the call up for the AFL Grand Final. But uh, as someone that's not a particularly big fan of that sport, I thought that was a pretty good watch as well, to be honest. But uh, obviously, chips in on the NRL Grand Final on Sunday. Well, the uh, after party looked better. You're seeing big oh, <laughs> Fisher and um, yeah, oh, look nasty. I tell you what, though, AFL, and I will put my hand on my heart, and I will say that it is a shit sport. It really is a shit sport. I just, I turned over and I was watching Coming to America. I didn't say that, listeners. I, I I'm happy it. to say it. It's terrible. Anyone <laughs> who watches AFL has got problems, including the producer. Now, Jared, uh, do you know what? There's a big, big, big weekend of racing coming up. Um, and so we thought we might have a bit of a chat. There's probably, over the next few days, there's three big races. The Victoria Derby the Golden Eagle at uh, at Rose Hill, and then obviously the Melbourne Cup. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know. We're, we're probably – there's no footy this weekend, so we are going to have to bet on horses. Um, I feel like we should walk our way through these races, Jared. You can maybe I give think- us some idea. I think Willie's got some wonderful tips from some of his – yeah, Less. I, had to, I had to reach down the bottom of the barrel. The bottom I? of the barrel, yeah. <laughs> we've, gone, we've gone straight to the bottom. Um, and what, what would you? what's your biggest betting market, Jared? Uh, well, uh, of those three races that you were talking about? Yeah. You mean, well, the Melbourne Cup, of course. I mean, the Melbourne Cup's the one race each and every year that literally everyone gets involved in, whether or not you're having yeah. a, a sort of flutter in your office or anything like that, but... We take bets all year round on the Melbourne Cup and obviously in the week leading up to it. Certainly after the Lexus Stakes at Flemington on Derby Day, Saturday, whoever wins that race gets ballot-free entry into the Melbourne Cup. So from that point up until 3 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, it's absolutely hammered, enormous hold. Is it just mug money coming into your pockets <laughs> left, right and centre? It must be. You'd love Not to be that. a bookie this week. Obviously, uh, we, we have a lot of professional punters getting involved too, but given... Everyone wants to have a crack. There's 24 horses in a capacity Melbourne Cup field. Uh, we yeah, we, we see at least a sprinkling of bets for every single horse to run. William is, I mean, he's kind of a big deal, Jared. I think we all know that. And uh, <laughs> he's had, he's been known. Not on the gambling side. No, you've proved that all year, 0%. <laughs> but I think with your uh, birdcage 
That's been some of your finest work. Yeah, the bird I, I miss I miss those days. Mm. The late two thousands, early two thousand and tens. God damn, we used to go down there on Derby Day. No, so Derby Day's on the Saturday, right? Yeah, that's so, right. Okay, yeah. we go down there on Friday. So this is after being up in Indy for the whole Indy <laughs> Indy thing for about what a five time of year. So five wow, or six, wait. yeah. So five or six days up there. Uh, straight on the plane, straight to Melbourne on the Friday, and then stay there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> home Monday. <laughs> when he says you home. To, you go to every all yeah. four of the Flemington Carnival days. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's the world that I would one day like. To live it was in. crazy. When he says home Monday, I mean, generally there is there has been flights changed. We were down a couple of years ago at yeah. the Derby, and it just, I think he ended up coming home Friday. There was about 14. <laughs> he just goes, There's more racing tomorrow. Yeah, there is, mate. That's Stakes uh, Day. I've never even heard of Stakes Day. I was well, at, yeah, I was at Stakes Day. <laughs> well, let's, so let's. What? There's another one on Saturday? Oh, no. Didn't we get here on Friday? It was embarrassing. Oh, God. We gonna, remember we were going to get a helicopter? Anyway, that <laughs> fell through. I had to get Uber. Uh, this is when Uber was just coming on the scene. Uber uh, organised a helicopter for me and I brushed it. Brushed <laughs> so helicopter. I'd rather get a cab. It's just fucked. I don't, then they wanted me out there at about 8 eight thirty. That's what it was. We I was missed like, no, the no, helicopter. No, no, no. I'm not getting the helicopter to get out there at 9 o'clock. I'm not that dumb. Races don't start till 12. I was happy getting there for nine and they weren't serving alcohol it's like nah bye bye uber oh they weren't were they okay uh <laughs> all right so let's start with let's start with the derby i actually love derby Day. this will be the first year because oh. of stupid melbourne borders that i haven't actually been to the derby in about 10 years but anyway um mate young werther is the favorite it was scratched on the weekend yeah do you like it look i mean i i think this race as a whole, is here for taking this deer. I mean, we've gone up with $3 for Young Werther on Tuesday. It's had two race starts so far. So I think certainly for a race as big as the Derby, it's pretty hard to get a gauge on whether or not the horse is going to be good enough after just two starts. What a maiden. It was probably, I think we were watching this race, uh, well, not obviously together, Ian, but we both had a vested interest in the superimposed stakes that it ran in last time. And it was probably a good thing licked in that race. Being said, I really think it probably should have raced in the uh, Mooney Valley Vars last week that it got scratched from. It's a pretty notable drift in the market, so it's gone three dollars out to four dollars so far. I actually like Let's Crack a Deal. Let's Crack a Deal. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind it. And I'll tell you what, Kieran Ma gave one of the greatest interviews of all time after the Cox Plate, and uh, yeah. he's a bloke I'd like to have a beer with, actually. Um, yeah. So I reckon each way, if you're having a bet, let's crack a deal would be all right. William, what did your filthy um, friends, animal gra- friends, <laughs> This is you? the Hassan Sailor, the great Hassan Sailor, right? <laughs> He's my man. Been giving me tips since 98. I haven't won one. Um, <laughs> We're going uh, back again. Cherry Tortoni. Cherry Tortoni. Cherry Tortoni. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, well, this is the one that the Neds punters really like, actually. Now, he came through and won that Mooney Valley Vars last weekend. Now... I don't know the exact stat, but it's something like 16 or 17 of the last 30 Derby winners have come through that Mooney Valley bar. So the form Ooh. and the history is certainly on the side. And he went, he's gone up 6 six fifty on Tuesday. He is into $4.40 now. Very clear market mover. I completely understand this move. All right. Well, let's talk about the Rose. The uh, Sorry, the Golden Eagle. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. Rose, what do you say Rose, Rose for? I don't know because I've got problems. Um, <laughs> the Golden Rose earlier in the, the uh, Golden in Rose. The- I know. Yeah. It's so many horse races for me to look at, Jared. <laughs> but uh, I think that um, 
wet form is going to come into this because let me tell you, it is going to be absolutely torrential here later in the week. Um, yeah. I have got my fingers crossed that my son's cricket gets cancelled on Friday night. <laughs> Game He's two and I'm already Finn's over umpiring. No, Finn doesn't listen to this because there's too many swear words. Yeah. His mum brushed him. But, uh, yeah, look, I think um, flip at the price. I don't mind ice bath Ice bath at the odds. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good race, this one. Let's let's go and check with um, Williams Degenerates. Um, this is from uh, a random on Instagram again. He said, <laughs> uh, yeah, Golden Eagle. He DM'd me because last time when he gave me that tip on one of my legs in the first semifinal and, he, and it won, that horse. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's tip Funster. Funster? Yeah. Right, okay. Well, um, You're quite a Funster. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Just as a side note, racing Twitter is generally full of absolute straight shooters, so we probably should be listening to this. <laughs> hey, um, he won last time. Well, true. And, and look, we actually went up with Clemson as our $4.60 favourite earlier this week. Well, she is a slight drift out to $4.80, but we, this is a bit like Melbourne Cup. We've seen a sprinkling of bets for virtually everything in the field here. Uh, look, I, 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 I completely understand why she is the favourite in this race. She's a Group 1 winner. She nearly won the Epsom Handicap a few weeks ago. I think she's Every chance of winning this as well. Ian, yours, I think, is well and truly over the odds. We're getting fifteen dollars for uh, for uh, flit. I beg flit. your pardon here. Yeah. So, uh, I don't if, mind if one of these, if one of these lobs, you're going to be having a pretty good day on the punt. I think. Uh, all right. Well, let's go to the Melbourne Cup. I'm not saying this is who I'm betting on. I'm just telling you who I like in these races. Yeah, I'm just right. Giving, okay. I'm just oh, giving right the, right. I'm just giving the punters Bit of the benefit the of my amazing wisdom. Same. same Let's same. go to the Melbourne Cup. Now, the Melbourne Cup is genuinely the worst race in the world for anyone to bet on. So I'm not going to say people shouldn't bet on it, but, I mean, don't. Uh, unless you're full of drink, in which case get involved. Um, <laughs> drink responsibly. Drink Gamble re- responsibly. Do all do everything all responsibly. responsibly. We are so responsible. I, look, I like a horse called Ocean X here. Um, Anthony Van Dyke, I think, is going to go well. Um, I think if Ash Run can win, I'm still – my back pocket's talking. If Ash Run gets a start uh, at the odds as well, I think that's probably um, – it's a good horse. Uh, William, what do you think? Um, this is from uh, Hassan Saylor again. Tiger Moth. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I think Haas – might be very well on the money here. Now, this horse, earlier this preparation, we were trading as much as $56 about him. He won a race in Ireland. He is now the joint $7 favourite. So he gets in really well at the weights under the conditions. He's trained by Aidan O'Brien. Aidan O'Brien? It's one of the O'Briens anyway. Terrific record this um, uh, spring as well. Uh, I just, yeah, I think this horse is a very, very good horse. He hasn't seen the two miles before. But Flemington's pretty forgiving for our Irish horses going through it for the first time. So he's actually trained by Adam O'Brien, the Newcastle Knights coach. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's moonlighting. So all right, Jared. Well, I think we've given everyone a fairly good. What? what so what are you going to have your bet on? I'm throwing a whole trifecta in all three of those. Oh, we're taking a multi. Oh, yeah. Like a three leg multi. Multi, yeah. Wow. Right. Three hardest races of the year, and yep. you're taking a three leg multi. Can you imagine if I win? Just like Melbourne won, I just wait for the big. Do you big know ones. what? I actually can't imagine if you win because <laughs> I've got a sample you, size of zero. You would die. <laughs> Mate, you would die. I'm going to back this Especially now. Especially on this one. Oh, all right. So that's, I don't know, that's a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, mate, I'm actually going to back Farnan in the cool mall. Yeah. Okay. All uh, right. I don't know what price it is, but uh, 20, I like Farnan. And I think 
for anyone looking at the Kennedy, I like the Rock as well. Rock's a good horse. But I'm going right. to take Farn and Jared. I don't know what okay. price it is. Terrific. All right. Well, Ed, just actually as a side note to that, too, I've put Rock this afternoon on top of my Cantala tips, Ian. So uh, right in on the ground floor with oh, you there. One. We're getting $13 for him at the moment. I think that is well and truly over the odds. Uh, now, just as I navigate to the Coolmore Stud Stakes, you're taking fun and just outright to win. Well, can I have? I'm going to have 25 on Rock. Yep. And 25 on Farnet. Okay. We are, the pity is up to $5,900. At the start of the season, we were hoping to get to 10. That's not quite fair. So let's just have 50 on each of those, and You're getting $5.50. Farnan. Oh, you're a good we'll, man, Jared. And we'll have we'll have fifty. Let's go fifty each way on rock as well. Let's see if we can kick this up a little bit this weekend. Have you been drinking tonight, Jared? This is <laughs> no, very, absolutely not. This Do is not very drink generous. That gamble, no, gamble, responsibly. gamble responsibly, mate. Um, again, the producer has got a tip. Um, yep. It's in the derby. Yep. It's called Johnny Get Angry. Um, shit name, shit horse, shit bloke. It's trained by the great AFL coach. Who's it trained by? Dennis Pagan. Dennis Pagan. Is he training horses now? Is he? Okay, so he's just started training in winter. One of his first, it might have even been his first runner, he got a third place getter in a listed race at Flemington. He's absolutely hit the ground running, Dennis Pagan. I think he's just a champion sportsman all round. Clearly knows what he's doing with the horses here. Now, I... Actually, do not hate this tip at all from the producer. I have this horse running third in the derby. We're getting $26 for it to win at the moment. Uh, I think at this price, he's by Tavistock, this horse, who is known for creating really, really good stayers. I think if he's going to win this race, we need to have a serious crack. So we'll go 50 each way for the producer at that as well. Yeah, right. I wish he was coached by, trained by that other bloke that got done in the warehouse, that AFL coach. What was his name? <laughs> you know the bloke? He'd, he'd have some good gear for it. All right, so that means that we've got three bets going. Um, are you going to have a little bet now that we don't have a guest, Jared? You have a- I am. Yeah, I will have a bet, Ian. I'm going to throw mine into the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. Now, obviously, the field for this race isn't confirmed until after the Lexus Hotham stakes on Saturday afternoon. You can get a pretty fair idea who is going to make it and who isn't. Now, one that certainly will make the field, assuming it's fit, is the Caulfield Cup second place getter, Anthony Van Dyke. You didn't get to make your joke about Dick Van Dyke a couple of weeks ago, so here's the opportunity for you, Ian. I do Uh, love Dick. I think that his run for second, he's got to carry top weight in the Melbourne Cup, but I think his run for second in the Caulfield Cup is really going to bring him on. He looks like a horse that's going to eat up the two miles and the Flemington track. We're getting $10 for him at the moment, so I'm going to have $50 each way on Anthony Van Dyke in the Melbourne Cup. Thanks, mate. And uh, for those who are interested, I think Ocean X is massive overs as a lightweight chance. So <laughs> everybody can listen in and say thank you to me when it wins. All right, Jared, thank you once again. Mate, uh, it's been weird not talking about rugby league, but luckily Willie's got some of the most degenerate human being friends of all time. <laughs> and I've been gambling since I was about six, so it's good. <laughs> Mate, thanks again, and we will speak to you next week post all of these races. Looking forward to it, guys. I'm not sure if we'll speak again before State of Origin. If that's not the case, up the blues. Thanks, mate. mate. (laughs) We better win. Enjoy the the weeks. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Melbourne Cup. I'll speak to you next week. I hope no one stones you to death up there going for (laughs) Queensland. He lives in Queensland.
All right. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. I'm going to say it this time. You do it. Gamble responsibly. (laughs) Well, we've just touched upon the fact that it is, I was going to say that time of year, but it's not that time of year. This is very strange talking about state of origin when it's like 30 degrees outside um, instead Um, of, you know, the middle of the year. it? It is a bit weird. Do you think it's something that they could actually... Set in stone, like I don't like it. I don't like it either. I think. No. Can you imagine these guys? Um, just say the Fox Munster, you know, seven guys out of that grand final. Uh, I think four out of the the Melbourne guys. They're all probably going to be in the team as well. Like coming down from this cloud that they're on now, mm. and then fucking straight into Origin. Camp. It's a pretty quick turnaround. It is crazy. I was saying last week, like when we did it in 04, that we did the same thing, but we were in camp for like a week and we didn't play for another week or so. So we had a little bit of time to get over it. And then we had to play a, just a test against New Zealand, which is obviously pretty hard, but not an origin game. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it is a total different beast, man. It's well, here's, a different beast. Here's the thing. I mean, you, you were pretty freakish in terms of your ability to turn it around, but yeah. you think you're, I don't know, say Christian Welch, for example, yeah. who probably will get picked in that side, I think. Um, He's won a grand final. It's going to be his first origin or whatever. He's been on the drink for five days. At what point does the back of his head go, I can't keep going like this because I've got to play an origin in a week? And today. what part of it? Today. Today? Yeah. <laughs> Shit gets real today. Today reckon, Like you're going to go, you'll be just riding the high so high, like Sunday, Monday, and then you're probably going to get the Tuesday before you even sort of go, oh, fuck, I'm sore. When when do you, when you were at going to camps because you were at the peak of I yeah. mean you destroyed Origin camps for everyone well done but you're welcome uh, what when Origin camps were on when did the drink stop was it I mean if you're playing on a Wednesday when did you mm. start putting your big boy pants on and and get off well, you, the drink um, traditionally you go in on the Sunday so Sunday Monday Tuesday Tuesday like so around about now. Yeah, like you'd be open. but it's this different grand final winning, yeah, grand final winner, or just like coming off at a normal club game, or, or maybe a buy or something like that. that's the difference. You're not coming off a grand final, which is probably the highlight of your whole life and career when it comes to rugby league, you know. So it's going to be hard for these guys to come down from mm. this big cloud and then try and focus on the hardest game, mm. which is state of origin, which is a it's a great which is a dream for a lot of these young kids. I'm looking through the list now. Yeah, these guys that are, like just say you get AJ Brimson and and all these other guys that have been out for six weeks like Jai Arrow and um, just looking through these numbers like Josh Kerr, Xavier Oates, Philip Sammy, Carrigan, Fodawaka, Lindsay Collins, uh, Harry Grant. These guys have never played. No, never ever played. Nine debutants or something they reckon they'll be for Queensland. Corey Allen, you know what I mean? Like I think the the biggest guy is Big Papa who's played fifteen. Surely, surely Clarion doesn't play. But I, I tell you what, no. I would much rather have been knocked out, you know, a few weeks ago and been just thinking, okay, well, I'm f- I've been named in the squad, I'm focusing. For someone like, um, well, looking at that list, someone like Kurt Capewell. So Kurt Capewell's been picked. He played off the bench in origin. In, in, he's been playing off the bench pretty much all year for yeah, Penrith. Yeah. He's probably not going to get picked, but you never know. He's been on the drink now for five days and he's been picked in his first origin camp. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. It's a, I, different, it's a different beast now. These, these players are different and their professionalism, I'd hope to think that has, has, has 
is right up there. You know what I mean? These players would know when to call it quits. They know you don't fuck around in origin. This is a different beast. You you want to be a vet when it comes to this sort of shit and this sort of shit and what you're doing now. And that's why they're bringing them into camp right now. Everybody's in camp that's got to play next week. So you've got a week of just working hard. And these kids that have just played in the grand final, they'll be over it. And they'll be looking to just to finish the year off really good and uh, win that Origin Series. Yeah. So I just think it'll be become it, – it's, you know, sometimes it's onus on the, on the individual. Don't go ridiculously hard. Like, you know, these guys are expected to come into camp now. They're not expected to drink. Mm. You know what I mean? Go on to those the, – the, the, this is a totally different climate, what we're doing now. You don't have 10 days to prepare. You've only got a week. You know, it's been – such a crazy year you just want to get into camp and this is three weeks straight away bang 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 there's no like 10 day camp have another two weeks off come in recalibrate all that kind of stuff talk bullshit in the media it's just going to be three weeks of fury yeah and i don't think there's going to be that much drinking altogether in the camp well you don't have time no you don't you're going to play next wednesday you're going to be recovering until the weekend and then it's on again yeah and i just think that's i think a lot of the players would want to i would want it like that I wouldn't want these 10-day sort of big big turnarounds and stuff because these kids are just, at the moment, you've played 22 games, 23 games. You're ready to roll. You don't want to stop. You don't want to stop that um, momentum that you got. If they pushed it out any longer, Santa Claus would be playing 5-8 for Queensland. Yeah, easily. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, it is. I, I can understand why the rugby league's done it because at the end of the day, they've got to try and fit this in. And, and it's such a massive money spinner and there's so much but interest. it's part of our game as well. It's part it's of part it. It's part of but the culture. It's just like Origin is, we hang our hat on Origin. It's the best players in the world all coming up against each other. And that's what we want to see. Maybe, you know, some of these kids probably would never, never got their chance to play Origin if they didn't have such a long year to prove Heimel themselves. Heimel Hunt's Heimel been picked. Hunt, that's good know, on him. He's had a good year. Uh, look, you know, but guys like Josh Kerr, you know, Philip Sammy, like Carrigan, Xavier Coates, like would they have played Origin this year? I don't think so. You know, would okay, perfect example. Would Isaiah Yo play Origin this year? Not a chance. Yeah. He would not play. So there you go. So it's it's worked out like that. Nathan Brown, you know, all these guys that are sort of sitting in the middle of a successful Origin team, it's hard to get into that team. He probably won't. To be fair, he probably won't play this year either, but it's a, it's a good recognition for him well, to have been That's here. what I'm saying. These are the top 27 players that we have in New South Wales and from Queensland. Yeah. So credit to all these guys to, for sticking out the whole year, mentally preparing every single week because I know how hard it is to be up 24-7, you know, like just non-stop with football all the time. So be good, um, be a good little uh, win for New South Wales or Queensland if you've had such a shit year and you haven't won anything and – you know, then you win Origin. It's the second best thing you can win. I'm just looking at the two sides now, and I'll tell you the big difference for me, Will. I'm thinking to myself with New South Wales, who are they going to pick? Like, looking at that side, who are they going to pick? Where are they going to pick them? Who are they going to leave out? With Queensland, I'm thinking, how are they going to make a 17? Mm. Like, I'm not saying that the Queensland players aren't terrific footballers. They are, but there's just so many players that haven't played before. Um I just, if you look at the strength of the two squads, I cannot see New South Wales losing. It'd be embarrassing if we do lose because we have got a star-studded team. We're not missing many people. Um, look at the forwards like Payne Harsh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Tyson Frizzell, Jake Trebois, Finucane, Cameron Murray, McInnes, Boyd Cordner, Saifidi, Cook. Do you know what I mean? Like those, those names, they're, they're superstars in our game. 
I'm just not sure it, it, what what is what New South Wales need to figure out now, and what Freddie needs to figure out is a balance. That's why guys like Clemmer and the bigger sort of front roles got left out of the squad. You know, he wants to play football. He wants to play footy against these guys because Queensland's going to show up. I know it exactly. What I know exactly what they're they're building, their mindset. Everyone's against us. All that sort of siege mentality. You got Wayne there. You got uh, Mal Meninga there. You got these young kids that put their jersey on and are expected to win. They do not expect to lose Queensland. That's the culture that they've built in the last 15 years. That's a fair point, and I get that. But at the end of the day, and this is from a bloke who has obviously never played Origin, but I look at the standard of player. I'm thinking with that New South Wales forward pack, I'm struggling to pick a side because – I'm going, I don't want to leave that bloke out. I don't want to leave that bloke out. If I look at the... What would your team be? What would your forward pack be if you're uh, if you're picking New South Wales right now? If you're looking at... I mean, obviously, Tedesco's an easy pick. Addo Carr's an easy pick. Um, you're probably looking in the centres at Whiten. Whiten has to be in the team somewhere. Um, who else do you play in the centres? I guess... Crichton or Zach Lomax? I guess they'll probably pick Lomax. I think they'd pick Lomax over Crichton. Um, Do you think so? I think so. Do you think, I think, just say if Jack Whiten plays left centre, which he will, but then you've got to think, he's the best 5'8 in the comp, best player in the comp at 5'8. What do you do with Cody Walker? What do you do with Kiri? Yeah. It's a great problem to have because 10 years ago we didn't have this problem. Well, here's the thing. Who, Crichton, it's his first proper season. I mean, he was coming off the bench at the start of the mm. year. Zach Lomax is probably his first proper season as well. Yeah. Crichton didn't stand up in that grand final and say, pick me for origin. The way he played, I didn't look at him and say, you know what, there's a kid, he's he's silky and he's got skills and that sort of thing. But Lomax to me is probably the safer option. Um, I think that's a little harsh when you look at Crichton, who, what he's done all year and... He only he centers is only as good as like his five eight and his back row and they they were having a crack at he didn't make any uh, crucial mistakes in defense or, or anything like that he tried his ass off but just limited opportunities and that's what Melbourne does to you mm. and I just think Zach Lomax is the one who has never been tested yeah he's just played club football in a really shit side this year and been a standout player in a really low side not saying he's a good player he's not a good player he's a talent but. He's played against some very awful oppositions this year and he's been in a really shit side and he's just been a standout in a shit side. He's got talent, you know, but I just don't think he warrants to get picked at right side centre. The team didn't make the playoffs. They didn't do anything. I just don't think that he warrants to be So picked. you'd pick Crichton? I would pick Crichton because a Crichton can play on both sides. He's yep. just a talent. He just, put, he's, he, he just got put on the left centre because he didn't play fullback. Because he's a fullback. Do you know what I mean? So I just think stick him on the right side. Stick him on the right side center. Stick Jack Whiten at um at left side center. You got the Fox outside him. Right side wing, probably got Kotrick. You got Teddy at the back. Gotta pick Cody Walker. Do you though? I'm not uh, I would I'll go Cleary and Keary and I'll pick Cody Walker, Walker 14. at fourteen. Yeah. That would that'd be the only way that I could actually go, all right, well. He needs to be picked. I'm just not sure where. Like he had, he had a. I mean, Kiri probably had an all round better year than him. If you go round one to round, and not even that, because Kiri was out for four to five weeks, wasn't he? Yeah. So you probably think the best five eight in the game is Jack Whiten. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, he is. He got the Daly M. So, but you have to play him in the centres. I mean, if there's anywhere that New South Wales is weaker, it's probably the centres. Like, they don't have the depth in the centres. Um, and, and realistically, like, if if you think about Trebojevic as a fullback and Whiten as a 5'8", then their first choice centres would have been playing out of position. Yeah, well, that happens in origin. Look at, it Laurie, happens look at, in look origin. at Laurie Daly and Brad Fittler. Freddie had to play lock, centre. 5'8". Yeah. He's just a great player. Just put him in the fucking team. That's the way you got to pick it. Cody Walker pretty much can only play 5'8". He's specialist 5'8". Or he can, can he come off and play 9? Can he play 7? No. Can he play fullback? I think he can play a few positions. He can play fullback. I think he can play a few positions. But do you just start him? Do you put Kiri on the bench? Do you know? Like, who? what do you do there for your 14? Do you I, have Clint Gutherson as your 14? Do you have Pappenhausen as your 14? So I that, like Pappenhausen. That number 14 is very, very crucial because yeah. some fucking great player is going to miss out. Kiri or Walker, one of, one of them is going to miss out because I think that 14 position is going to be the front runners are Gutherson and Pappenhausen. What about Luai? Why do you pick Luai? Experience and just to say you've had a good year. You reckon? I think. And, and for, for a backup, I mean, I, I, I honestly wouldn't have picked him. No. I thought he was a Kiwi to start. He's Samoan. Yeah, I mean, I just... He can still I, play yeah. for Samoa. If he plays I, Origin, though, he can still play for Samoa. But Samoan. I thought, yeah, I thought there was some other, maybe some forwards that got left out that could have taken his spot because have a look at the depth that we've got at 5'8". I just said it. You've got Cody Walker, you've got Kiri, Jack Whiten. But we've got the best 5'8s in the game. What what position can Luai play? Unless yeah. they're looking... Like, can he play full... Can he play fullback? Can he play anywhere in the back line? So... It's in a bit of a it's a bit of a weird pick. I would I probably wouldn't have picked him. I probably would have picked that Liam Martin just to just to say, look, he can be in, he can play in the middle, he can play at lock, he can play at second row, he can probably play, put put in a, at front row if he wanted to. So what's your forward pack then for that New South Wales side? Payne Haas, Cook, um, Jake Trebojevic. I'd start him at front row. Back row, Frizzell and Boyd Cordner, just because they've got a good um, combination there. They work hard. They hold those lines really well, but they get involved as well. They don't just sit on the edge like Parramatta back rowers. They get in there and mix it like your third and fourth front rower. Then you've got Cameron Murray at lock, who can just take pressure off the, fight, like off the halfback like he does it at a club level as well. So it's all about balance. You know, you can't have two big, big boppers at the front. Traditionally, you would, but like I think Jake Chaboy is best tackle tech in the game. You got Payne Haas can play massive minutes, got footwork, can pass the ball. You know, you got ball players in Jake and and Cameron Murray. You got tough blokes like Boydie Corden. If that goes over the left side of the field, he's taking that hit up. Yeah, you go on the right side. Frizzell, he plays lock. He plays right side back row. They mix it up in the middle. And then when they get into really good ball, they stay in their positions. So what about Saifidi and? Junior Paulo. You're going to fight for bench spots. Bench spots? Yeah. And yeah. I'd pick Junior Paulo because he's probably had a better year. Yeah. Um, but these, these are positions you can, you, you know, obviously Freddie's got his, um, got his, got a few players in there that he can pick, which is great. We're, we're, we're in a good position, New South Wales. Do you remember when we went to the um, origin unveiling of the team a few years mm. ago and they're wearing those skivvies? Yeah. Do you reckon the skivvies will come back? I hope so because Freddie is a, he's, He's a bit of a fashion guru, isn't he? Those skivvies. He's the worst dressed person in the world. I've genuinely never seen no, anything I worse in my life. Oh, no, I haven't seen. Oh, he might be next to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good shirt. Um, all right, so Cleary, Cleary halfback then. We're not arguing about that. I'd, I, I would actually put Cleary there, but I know Cleary's going to get it. So you would say Cleary and Walker? Yep. 
I don't mind that. I like it. I think Kiri can play anywhere. You like can it because you said it. Yeah, and I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Would you, would you entertain the fact? I would, now that you've said that. Look, I, I, I thought about that before, and I don't want to be seen to be going too hard on Cleary because and I, I think. Whispers Kiri and Whiten. You heard I heard whispers. that 15 weeks ago from a pretty good source. Yeah, right. Was it the same source you get your tips from? Not the horse tips, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Get a well, lot let's, of tips from him. Let's let's have a look at the Queensland side because this, for me, is the interesting thing. They're, they're talking about – I mean, Brimson will be playing fullback. There's no question he'll be playing fullback. You've probably got <sighs> – Yeah. You've got – Gagai? Gagai, but are they going to play him in the centres? Not sure. They're probably going to have to because well, who you else – You've got Val Holmes who's going to miss the first one, isn't he? Yeah. So you're going to pick AJ Brimson on the at fullback. You've got look at that. Who else they got? Like, they have got Edric Lee, Heimel Hunt. They've got um, Corey Allen. They've got Corey Allen. He surely doesn't get a start. they Brenko Lee will probably start in the centres. I'd say. I don't he's, see many outside been, backs in this on this list. No. Nah, do you know what Brenko Lee has done? An excellent, and he's an example I of what it. the Melbourne, Melbourne Storm do. Yeah. I mean, he has gone from. You know, the Bulldogs to the Raiders to Cambria. the Titans. Then he went to Rugby Union for two weeks. <laughs> he didn't like that. And then he brushed that and he was playing Queensland Cup or whatever. And now all of a sudden he's going to get a – he's got a premiership ring and a, you know, yeah. and he's potential get a origin, potential origin jersey. Just for, so. that, just, for the, just for putting that hard work in, you know, just resilience at its best there from Branko. He deserves that. Yeah. Well done. But I, I really can't I'm, – I'm thinking they're going to play gags on the wing. But who are their centres? I can't see one. Brenko Lee and maybe Heimel Hunt. I don't know. Wow. Maybe they, they have to play. They'll have to play. They'll have to play Gagai in the centres. Yeah, they'll have to. And wow. then I didn't know they were that low on troops. Your halves are set. Obviously, you've got Cherry Evans and you've got Munster. Munster. You got Big Papa. You got J- I'll pick Jake Friend. Yeah. Um, and see who do you pick as the other front rower? I'm, I, I think Jai Arrow. Jaden Sewer in your back row. Jaden Sewer. Um, Do you reckon Big Tino starts or is he on the bench? I'd probably start him. I'd need to start him at lock. Yeah, right. Yeah. What about well, Collins and Fodawaka, I guess, are the other two. Your left side back row is going to be fully. I mean, Felice Cafusi is going to be your right start. side back row. Yeah. Your left side back row will be. It could be Kurt Capewell. No. Serious. You really? Yeah. I think because he plays, he plays some good football. He's a bench player. He's all Penrith. right. I'm just saying he plays. He plays good. He plays good on the left side. It's different. Different people that they're picking here. They're picking Origin player. I mean, Christian Welch is going to be the other front row. Sorry. Yeah. So him and Papa that could easily throw Jairo back to lock. To lock. And, and your back row, you got bench. you got um, uh, Kafusi at your right side. Left side, they just need to figure it out. Maybe Cohen Hess. You know, you can't really take that much emphasis into the. Just say six weeks ago with the Cowboys now. Because once they get that jersey on, it's a totally different beast. As long as they're fit enough. Like even Dinama Salu, he could be pushing for a, uh, a spot. So it could be Jaden Sewer. See, Jaden Sewer plays on the right side all the time. So does Kafusi. So someone has to switch other switch sides. So that's a that's a combination thing where because this is the whole product of people being so fucking structured and they can't swap sides. So it'll be interesting. But I really don't care what team Queensland picks, to oh. be honest. It'll be it'll be it'll be a hard battling side as usual, but you know if we play to our best, I don't think anyone should stop us. I think if you look at those two sides on paper and you look at 
The only thing, you're big on bench, right? Mm. You always say that the bench is the thing. I don't think that Queensland have a genuine 14, whereas New South Wales have got a lot to pick from. Probably got Ben Hunt. Yeah, I don't ben know. He's, he's not explosive enough. But he's the only one who could play nine and seven. Yeah. That's, that's about it. That's about it. So, I, and I think they'll start Jake Friend. And I think Jake Friend deserves to start, yeah. to be honest, because he's had, you know, he hasn't played injuries, origin before. He's had, you know, a lot of bad luck. And he's a fantastic footballer. Um, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say hit prediction. I think New South Wales win, I want to say 3 0. Yeah, I know you do. I'm going to say 3 0. Yeah? Yeah. I know Queensland fighting spirit and all that. Harry Grant, though, if you don't start him, do you start Harry Grant on the bench? I mean, you don't play. I mean, can he play halfback five eight? No, they won't put him in front of um, Ben Hunt. I'm with you. I'm going the sweep. You going the I'm sweep? I'm going the sweep. I just think if we play to our potential every single game, and it's good that we haven't got this massive big build up, but I think our bench, the bench for for New South Wales, would be solid, man. I'll go Campbell Gillard because what I do with Campbell Gillard, I wouldn't start him. I'd have Campbell Gillard and probably his other big mate, uh, Junior Paulo, and maybe Angus Crichton, and then you've got to think of, think about your fourteen. But my rules, my um, game plan with Campbell Gillard because he's six foot fucking five and one hundred twenty kilos. Get the ball, run as hard as you can, take his minutes down from seventy to eighty. Look, you're playing forty to fifty minutes. Give me everything you got. Yeah, run straight. Nothing, just as hard as you can, just blow that middle apart. That'd be it. And he'll, he'll be – and because he's got really good le- leg speed. He's got great leg speed. and come off the bench, play some solid minutes, back probably 15 minutes of the game, and can put him to bed. Because got, we've got some really good players. You know, there's a thing – it's an actual thing too. It's called the Volvo effect. And if you drive a Volvo, you tend to notice other Volvos when you're driving around. They did a study on it. It's a fact, isn't it? It's a fact. You know what I notice now? Mustaches, and I can tell you, Regan Campbell Gillard's mustache—he kills you. Oh, it is a thing of great beauty. So I actually hope they pick him to start because that mustache deserves as big as audience as it can get. <laughs> but I'm going to say three nil New South Wales. Yeah, it's a fair prediction. Especially look look how stacked we are. We are stacked, and I'm not sure how we can lose. But look at that. What they always. Think about all the old shit uh, Queensland is like, oh, it happened in 95 when you had all the best players and they swept us, remember? Mm. Big Fatty was the coach, but times have changed. It's 2020. Yeah. No, I, look, I think first and foremost to all the players that get picked, um, you know, it's been such a massive season this year. It's been so long. And, and asking these blokes to go back from loved ones back into a bubble again um you know it's a big ask and and they've done everything asked of them this year and they've kept the rugby league going and it's you know it has given a lot of people out there a focus outside of the things that are going wrong in their lives so to all the players we want we wish you all the best and we say thank you for your sacrifices to us whole year isn't it like it's been phenomenal who would have thought this would have been happening you know when it was february Mm. Like no, it was not a worry in the world. Now twenty twenty is throwing this this curveball. Players got through no dramas. There's obviously been a lot of injuries, but that comes with the game. But uh, credit to the front office, the NRL, the players, leadership within all teams, all the people behind the scenes. They've done a fantastic job just to get everybody up and running. It's just you know it takes more than meets the eye than you just all you see is the 
the players run onto the field, you see the end result. But there's a lot of stuff that goes in the background. So well done to everybody in the NRL. You know what I don't like, William? What's that? The producer. <laughs> and I don't like him telling me I have to do things. Now, he has got this sick obsession with AFL. Mm-hmm. And it shows because he's producing a rugby league show and he doesn't have the first idea. Any problems that we have are solely because of this bloke. <laughs> but what he wants me to do is he wants me to talk about hey, AFL outrated rugby league. I don't want to do it. Mm, it's a bit weird, but I think it's very alarming for the NRL because we've we've been hanging our hat on the ratings all the time. We rate higher, we rate higher. They've got like 100,000 members, but no one watches the game. So a couple of little stats for you. AFL, they've held, they held their night grand final for the first time in fucking 100 years ever. So I'm pretty sure they'll be doing night grand finals from now on. 4.283 million viewers at their max at the peak. Average, 3.8 million, mind you. NRL on the Sunday, 2.9 mil average, and our peak was 3.4, not even their average. So proof's in the pudding. People still love watching AFL. Um, NRL, I mean, it was a great spectacle, but, like, numbers don't lie. So, um, Well, here's the thing the bloke hasn't thought about, will you? What about this for a counter-argument? Yeah, give me one. Because I'm not arguing with you. Melbourne, lockdown. Can't leave the house. What are you going to do? Watch TV. Touche. Why is it rating well? Because the pricks can't leave their houses. Hey, hey, hey. That's it. Why do I fucking waste my time to see? 100%. So once again, the producer has been proved to be an imbecile. We will wait again for a year and we'll go off this stat. Then it might mean something. When they're not locked in their houses. Because if New South Wales Wales and Queensland was locked down... Everyone 10 down. million people watching NRL. 100%. Everyone's in Melbourne. Like, what do you want to do? And the wife's like, oh, do you want to help like, nah. cook some dinner? No, I want to watch the AFL grand final. I AFL's love AFL. Going on. Starting from three o'clock. <laughs> I'd watch it too if I was locked <laughs> in my house. Anyway, the bloke's got no idea. One thing that we did need to mention is that um, our good sponsor, Ned's, has been coming through with the goods all year. Yeah. Um, it's got to crunch time. Uh, I think this week is our last bet. So... Um, potentially, we were trying to get up to ten grand. We're on six grand, aren't we? We're on six, and we'll be on th- more after your <laughs> three-leg multi gets up. But what we are going to do is, over the next few weeks, we're going to be sorting through all the entries, and we're yeah. going to be um, handing out some cash. Will has got obviously a lot of connections with some pretty high-powered people in some pretty high-powered places. Mm. So we're going to see what other sort of stuff we can get. Um, and we will be in contact um, across social media yep. with, I don't know, something. All the de- I mean, we've, we've give the details out to in every every single episode, so people know what they're going on there. People know what's going on. So um, we've still got a little bit of time, but it'd be good to uh, finally announce the finally announce the winner, and we'll have to go out into the bush or something like that. And yeah, it'd be good. Run a few clinics and all that kind of stuff. Get out into the town, which would be fun. Yeah, and I think everyone who has um, who has entered so far, we really appreciate the time that you've taken and there's been some really good entries and um, me and Will want to give as many clubs as we can stuff, but the producer who is one of life's biggest imbeciles has said no, we're just giving it to one. So anyway, good. I mean, this is our fault. first year, it's our inaugural year. Well, we're going to raise probably six, six and a half, seven thousand $7,000 for a club. 20. 
Um, could be twenty if I get <laughs> if I get one bet over. I'm going to bankrupt Neds, and we're going to be balling. But uh, no, it'll be good. I think next year we're just going to keep building and building and building this this platform that we're doing, and. Um, Ten grand won't be anything. No, we want. I mean, we want to give back as much as we can. We've we've been absolutely humbled by the support we've got yeah. this year, and so yeah, it's uh, thanks to everyone who's put in. Now, William, tails, mm. the tails. We we've actually talked a little bit today about the races because yeah. we're getting towards the end of the rugby league season. So, and we did mention that we've been quite the uh, participants in the spring carnival down yes, there. Yes. You, I'm sure you can pull a story from. I'll pull a story. Um, I think it's 2007 or eight. Not sure. So before that, so our whole twenties, all you hear about is Indy. You hear about the the Melbourne Cup. But because I was always on kangaroo tours for about five or six years, from age 22 to like 28, you never got to experience it because we'd be overseas. We wouldn't come back till like. December, which we had a great time overseas, but we always hear stories Melbourne Cup. And this is obviously in the 2000s when shit was wild. And I wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like fuck, you know, I missed out on India. I missed out on bloody, you know, Melbourne Cup week. You know, all I hear about these stories, of boy, uh, this birdcage thing. I'm like, damn, I want to get amongst that stuff. Anyway, so 2007 comes, we don't tour. So I'm like, damn, let's. Oh, we need to really knock this out of the park. So I'm, tw- I'm yeah, I'm 27, so in my... Pinnacle. <laughs> Your pinnacle's still on and off, on and off the field. Um, anyway, Jesus. so we just beat New Zealand 52 0. Remember that test over there in Wellington? Yep. So we just from that, and then we're like, I don't have to go back to training until like January. So we get a crew like, who's going to Indy? Bang. So we've got a big penthouse in, um, in Indy there for about five or six days. And then we went from that. So Indy is out of the out of this world. If you've been to Indy like in the 2000s, shit was just crazy. I'm not even going to say whatever went up there, but it was a great squad. Some young kids that were in the that Aussie team that made their debut. Not even going to mention their names, mate. It's whatever whatever they got, whatever they seen that week, and then back back down into Melbourne Cup would have changed their lives. <laughs> not for the better. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the better, but maybe just 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 woke woke them up a little bit. Going, yeah, this shit actually happens. Um, yeah, so Gold Coast was just absolutely wild. Four or five days, I think there, and then straight on a plane to Melbourne. So we got to Melbourne on the Friday, and I had some good hookups down in Melbourne. Grabbed a bunch, about five or six of the either Queensland, New South Wales, a few Bulldogs boys. Got a joint down there. A guy looked after us from Acor Hotels, just put us up and just had a limo pick us up every single morning at like whatever the time was. <laughs> We'd just be getting home or we'd be still going and we were staying in St Kilda. It was just, it was mayhem. It was a big penthouse somewhere overlooking the water. And I told all the boys, I said, look, everything's taken care of. The, the, um, the birdcage, because apparently the birdcage is the, the shit to be in. Let's get there. I had like 10 tickets <laughs> for every single day it was like the Derby Day Melbourne Cup Day Stakes whatever all that that Thursday all that kind Oaks of stuff day. Oaks Day all that sort of shit I said we're staying here the whole week right now I couldn't do more than Derby Day oh, I, get, I don't know I'll get, no, I don't, I don't, I don't you're know you still going right so. I'll get Derby Day in there and I'll be maybe get the Melbourne Cup and then go home that's, that, that's what I'd usually do but then but back then 27 year old me it's just like no we're going Derby so the Friday was solid we got home at like 4 or 5 o'clock Limo's outside at like 10. Well, what the fuck is this? Get up, get changed. You've got to get dressed up. All these, you know, the black traditional sort of suit. 
straight to the straight to the races, all these passes. So we didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what the birdcage was. I've been to the races a couple of times here and there. Nothing like this. And one of my mates had the best birdcage there. It was ridiculous. So people were really like, you know, prim and proper at the start of the day. You know, like your standard races, girls around, all fucking looking 10 out of 10 by the end of it. Fake tans running, fucking people are crying, arguing, they've got no shoes on. Where's my fucking, there's no Ubers there. People running around like loose fucking idiots. Spewing people, on the train people, home. Spewing, just, I was like, what the fuck? So we, we had a unit booked right near the, um, right near the, the course. So we'd go to the after party there. So everyone would just drag everyone back. The DJ and everyone playing there, everyone would just be cutting sick. Didn't know, didn't know anyone. Didn't know any. I mean, I knew the people that I was with. I didn't know like who organised it. I just the guy from Melbourne goes, just organise everything. He goes, yep. Everyone's gone back then. Traffic dies down. Back to the hotels. Get dressed. Boom, out. So that's that's the, that was Derby Day. Then the Saturday and then Sunday, Monday. Well done. The Tuesdays of the Melbourne Cup. Mm. Every day Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, home on Monday. So just fill in the blanks there. I've filled them in because I've <laughs> I've been in that rabbit hole with yeah. you. And it's not and a it good place to crazy. be. And I swear there was not a dull moment. There was not a dull moment There's when you not. just when you're thinking, oh my God, I want to go home. Right now I'll be thinking that. I'll be like, I don't think I, I could never do that whole week. And that the consistency and the amount of fucking good times that we had. Mate, we were just wounded. <laughs> By the end of it, we just go, wow, how did we get? And then I, I talk about it now. I'm like, how the fuck did we get through that? And it was a who's. I think Buddy, I think Buddy Franklin was down there one time. There was like big favolas rolling, big favola down there. I'll name all the uh, AFL, AFL players, not the not the NRL players. <laughs> but that was good. Buddy was at the top of his game. I was rolling with Buddy for a little bit for a couple of days there. The AFL players, the gods down there, man. And for those people that don't know who Brendan Favola is, it's Willie's evil twin. Mm. And every single time we go to Melbourne, people are just yelling at you from everywhere, Brendan Favola, And he Brandon cops Favola. the same shit too. We're Do you know over what? it. You should just probably, everything, everything <laughs> Willie Mason has ever done in his life, when he had piss in the street, yeah. it was actually Brendan Favola. It was Fev. It was Fev. But he's, he's a great player. We had a, we had a, we had a ball down there. Melbourne people, Melbourne do it right. They do it right. Sydney could never do shit like this. There'd be too many fuckweeds. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to us last week. We managed to get to our best ever performance, which is number three. We're, We're on coming, the podium. Coming We're on number, the podium. We are on the podium. Yes. It's not the first time you've been on a podium. No. We are coming for whoever number one and two is. I don't know because no, no one tells me. Care. But uh, I tell you what, we are just absolutely ecstatic. Number to be three able to already. Yeah. Shit, eh? We've only got, what, 35 apps? Wow. You do Ooh. the math. You do the math. I'm doing the math. I'm doing the math. So in 90, we'll be number so, one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think what we would like to say is thank you to everyone. The rating and the reviewing is apparently important. And so if you would continue to do that, it would make our life easier. Yeah. Um, we love doing this and hopefully you guys can tell that we love doing this and we would do it even if we weren't standing here doing it. So <laughs> it basically is funny. We love, is we love all your comments and interacting with our fans. We've got to be, we're getting a lot better at it. Like I'm, I'm usually pretty shitty at it, but I don't mind it now. Well, you haven't had to have your phone hacked lately, so that's a good time. Not for about five years. I'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Oh, I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie, a 
side. The Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two chances for you.